Hello and welcome to Enlightened Empaths, your community for the spiritually awakened. We hope you guys are having a wonderful month. So Denise just got back from a really exciting one week long workshop with the wonderful, talented, amazing medium, Tony Stockwell. And since you all listened to my whole chat about my conference in October, we thought this month we'd share with you some experiences Denise had with her workshop in November, just to kind of make the feeling like we're all around a table and sharing our vacation and trip and educational experiences, but also just to kind of demonstrate how important it is to push yourself beyond your comfort zone and take trips and sign up for workshops and classes and keep exploring and pushing your spiritual and educational boundaries. So we hope this show inspires you to do that once we get through the chaos of the holidays. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good point. So Denise, tell us what this workshop was and how you decided to just take the plunge and do this for a week. Okay, the workshop was five days of aspects of trance mediumship with Tony Stockwell And it was promoted as a way to strengthen your connection with, you know, the angelic realm, with the ancestors, with those in spirit, really learning how to uh, surrender and and blend more with, with spirits on the other side. It's not something that is in my comfort zone. It was very, very different work. And when I do mediumship, a lot of times I'll pick up uh, facial characteristics, or I'll move my hands a certain way, or a voice. I mean, I get that, and that's kind of an in between between channeling and trance. But this was full blown trance stuff, which was amazing, overwhelming, intimidating, and pretty damn incredible. Well, tell people first the difference between channeling and trance. Okay, so channeling is a lighter form and it's more free flow, it's more stream of consciousness kind of stuff. It's when you're talking to someone and things just start to fly out of your mouth and it's just, sometimes you'll say things and you're like, how the hell do I know that? It's that type of a thing. Trance is deeper. It's uh, the, the big key thing with that is about really being able to surrender and let spirit blend with your energy. And it's slower, it's more laborious. It's also, it's a very different feeling physically, mentally, and spiritually. And I never knew the difference between the two. I thought some of the things that I was doing as a medium that were actually light channeling were more in the trance field, but they weren't. That was channeling. And we did exercises between this is channeling, this is trance. And so is it the type of feeling where you're not really there? Or are you still consciously aware that I'm sitting here in this classroom with Tony? Both. Uh, some people are able to get completely out of the way and they're not going to remember. And, and it's interesting because it's, it's a continuum and a spectrum like anything else. So there's light trance, there's deep trance, there's, you know, have I completely stepped out of myself trance? And it was fun to watch, not fun and interesting. And I just have to jump the fence for a minute. We've all been to workshops where you go, you go for an hour, they have a long lunch, they take long breaks. If, if you go and work with this man, be prepared to work because he started promptly at nine o'clock. We took a couple short little breaks throughout the day. You had one hour for lunch and it went until five o'clock in the afternoon. And it was lecture. It was activities. It was exercises with other people in the class. It was doing group activities, but it wasn't, oh, let's go have a two hour lunch. No, 
So that was kind of an eye-opener because I think we've all gone to those conferences too where it's like, oh, this is nice and it's light and I'm learning some things, but you weren't really pushed beyond your comfort zone. Oh, yeah. I kind of like those experiences too, though, where I can I, – but I like to know beforehand. Yes. Can I show up and be a fly on the wall or do I have to participate? I like to know before so I can – it's because it's a different energy you bring to the, to the occasion. Well, I brought knitting, and I brought all this stuff I was going to get done. And, oh, I'm just going to blah, blah, all these things I was going to get done. I went into that hotel like a pack mule. I didn't get to any of it because after doing that all day, it was just like, okay, I'm going to sit here and drool on myself now. Wow. Yeah. So you and I tend to show up to all of this stuff alone because mm -hmm. in our personal lives where we live, we don't have a lot of friends who are like, oh, transmediumship, sign me up. <laughs> studies and consciousness I'm there so what was it like taking this make making this decision to just drive you know seven hours and show up at this week-long conference all by yourself it was easier because I've done it before that's the I think the first time is the, the hardest now I'm not going to start quoting old Grateful Dead songs but I'm very tempted to do that uh but it was easier. I knew the the venue. I knew I fe I have more confidence with myself and my abilities than when I've done it in the past. I think that's a huge thing. Oh, that was another really cool thing. It wasn't competitive. And I went up and told him that at the end. I said, thank you for providing this. You know, we've both gone to those where people are trying to one up or look at me or look how good I am. It was none of that. I've never been to a mediumship or intuitive development workshop that wasn't competitive. So why do you think this one was it? Is it, is it because of what Tony brought to the energy? I think that's a huge part of it. I think that's a huge, huge part of it. And I think part of it too is with this type of mediumship, everything is about surrender, about getting out of the way, about letting go of ego. Um, and, but he, he's very fun to work with, incredibly fun. He's hysterical very articulate, keeps everything going, keeps everything at a high energy. If anyone doesn't know who Tony Stockwell is, he's a super good-looking, cute Englishman with blonde hair, and he used to host Street Psychic. In our world, he's very famous, but people who aren't into mediumship might not have heard of him. I talked with the lady who had gone to Arthur Finley, where he teaches. He works as a, a tutor there, and they said there he's a rock star. Like when he walks into the room, people clap, they swoon, they carry on. And here he has a little more anonymity. But in uh, the UK, he's a really big deal. Very nice, very approachable. You know what he did at the beginning? A lot of, he has a lot of people that follow him. Like he has this little, I guess the groupies, I don't know. But he went around and introduced himself to people he didn't know. Oh. I mean, he came up, he shook my hand, so glad you're here. What's your name? He was hugging people, but he made sure. And one of the things he did that was so damn cool, he, at one point, maybe the third day in, he said, I don't know everyone's name in the room. There were 65 people in the conference. He went around and had everyone say their name and then went back and read everyone, it, like gave everyone their name back. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It used to take me a semester to learn all my students' names. I used to joke by the end of the semester, I finally knew everyone's names. When you had those big classes, mm -hmm. to learn all of that that quickly, that's impressive. And it just shows his level of compassion, which reminds me, that's what all the, the really good mediums like Gordon Smith or Tony Stockwell, 
if they're ever asked, like, what's the number one skill a medium needs, they always say compassion and empathy. Yes. And clearly he has that in spades. So what were some of your key takeaways from what you learned? That a lot of the things I've been feeling about the direction mediumship is taking were validated. He is not, it's not all about evidence. It's not all about the cert formula. And for those of, uh, and I, one of the reasons I want to do this chatty show is for the people who have taken our classes that we've really pushed that evidence, evidence, evidence message. And he was talking about, that's great, but what people really need is they need to know, are my people okay? And he said, you give that evidence, but then you build them back to life. And that's one of the things with, with trance and with you allow them to step close enough that you bring through who they really are and where they are now not just he said we can say oh that's your mother and she she had curly hair and she liked to bake pies and that's well and it validates and for someone who doesn't have that connection he said but don't you want to bring it to a different level where you're actually letting someone know bringing through who they really are and their personality and i agree with that he also talked which i loved because you know my background he said, I think shamanism is a huge part of where mediumship needs to go, the interconnectedness of all life, of the planet, of all the people, versus keeping it in this na the narrow parameters of what mediumship has usually constituted. Do you think that's why we have shifted in spirituality from, oh, look at this ectoplasm coming out of my mouth and this table tilting to just this mind-to-mind -mind mental mediumship? Did he talk about that, how the whole state of mediumship is changing? Yes, but he talked about a lot of what's going on with mediums moving in a new direction. And I think part of that is being open to what, using what yours, we've, we talk about this a lot, spirit will use your skills, your experiences, your background to bring through messages because that's what you know and that's what they'll work with. But he was talking about, and I'll find her name and, and make a note of it later, of a woman who went into trance, connected with the great composers, and finished the pieces they had left undone. So she would connect with Chopin and then bring through, like she'd finish the piece with on her piano while she was in wow. trance. And that kind of stuff is, it, it's mind-boggling, but when you listen to it, it's, why not? If it's all energy and frequency, why wouldn't we be able to blend with someone on that level? There was an Unsolved Mysteries back in the 80s about a young man. He was from a different country. He didn't speak English. And he could tra trans-channel the famous painters. And he could reproduce their paintings in like under an hour. And I've never heard of him since then. I need to look into that too. But it, I remember it. I mean, it was a long time. It was like 30 years ago that I saw this show. But I remember the, his, his researchers would say to him, okay, channel a Picasso painting. And in under an hour, he would do a Picasso painting. And then, I don't know if it was the Unsolved Mysteries crew or the research crew working with him, they would bring in a Picasso art expert. And he would analyze it and say that the strokes, the whatever, I don't know what you look at, for t but they would analyze it like art people do and mm -hmm. say, this looks like an authentic Picasso. I mean, it's just amazing that that still happens. And they're not really known. People don't really talk about a lot of that aspect of the trance work as much as the Long Island medium, John Holland, John Edward type stuff. 
And that was a huge part of what he opened the whole workshop with, was on being open to something different. One of the things that, because this is a valid thing, and it's, when you think about trance, and he's talking about surrender, and you're going to allow spirit to step closer and blend with your energy, that can be a little uncomfortable, especially if you're afraid, well, what will someone bad come through? Or I don't care who we are, we're all on that, that level of needing some control in our lives, some of us more than others, right? And the thought of completely letting go and letting someone come into your energy field that close can be pretty intimidating. I don't want it. Yeah, I, I don't like that. It really freaks me out. But sometimes, though, if I'm doing a reading, and it, it really happens a lot if I'm in person with the individual, their loved one, I always describe it as their emotions are pressed onto my emotions. And I'll look at the client across the table from me, and I will feel as though I love them. Like, I will feel the love that the loved one in heaven has for them. Like to the point where I just want to hug them and say, I'm okay, you're okay, you know, that type of thing. I've always just thought that was mediumship. That wouldn't be trance, would it? It would be a very, very light form of trance, yes, because trance is about, it's blending more than words spoken. So in, in our work, we try to bring through evidential stuff, that it, but we say it. A lot of times trance is about You'll feel it in your body. It might be a feeling. It might be heat. It might be light. It might be color. It can be all different levels of things. And it doesn't necessarily have to come out of your mouth. It can go into a healing direction. So one of the people I was partnered up with, I sat down and then all of a sudden we, we were doing this exercise and I felt this huge ball of grief in my heart. Like to the point where I like tears started to run down my face. It was that strong. So we're doing this exercise, and what I could feel was like this healing love being sent to this person from spirit. And the person started to like during this because you have your eyes closed while you're doing a lot of this work. And at the end, that's exactly what he said. He said, "I felt such a healing from this. I felt." You know, and we talked about the heart stuff and it was all, but I didn't go into it saying, oh, this person needs this. And that's a huge part of the trance is you don't go looking for something specific. You allow it to come through what that person needs. It's about setting intention and allowing rather than trying to say, oh, you're here for a tarot reading or you're here for this. You, you allow spirit to kind of navigate the direction it needs to go for the person or the group. See, I think that's beautiful. In practice, though, that can be really hard. Oh, don't you think? Well, that's what I want to say. And we've talked about this is I had told, I think we, I told the class we were teaching, I have never, ever in all my years I've done this, my entire life I've been a medium, but at, even practicing as a professional medium, I have never connected with someone in spirit who scared me or who was angry or malevolent, none of that. And that was one of the things he brought through. He said, and I loved this, he, it, Tony was talking about this, and he said, that's earthly stuff. That's human stuff. All of that is, but when people have crossed over, if you're doing evidential mediumship, you're going to bring up the gruff. You're going to bring up that because you're connected with who they were when they were here. But when someone has, has crossed over, has, has stepped into that other realm, They've left that behind. That's not who they are anymore. So a big part of this work is to, yes, identify, bring through those characteristics, but then jump the fence to what are they doing now? Who are they now? What have they done to heal? And he said that's a big part of the trance work is not to get 
you're not going to be possessed by someone in spirit. You're not going to be because you're coming from and going into this with a, from a place of love. And, and one of the things he says a lot is come closer friends and you kind of invite this energy closer to you, which is an odd feeling when it starts to happen. I have to be dead, dead ass honest with that. Yeah. I'd but, have a hard time with that. See, cause I think about like, did you know, for example, Hitler has two relatives living in New Jersey. Yeah, I think you told me that. Yeah, yeah that just fascinates me. They they have changed their name. They're trying to maintain their you know anonymity. But I always wonder, what if one of them came to me for a reading? Would Hitler be like, "Hey, yeah, sorry about all that, but I'm all healed now and all's good," or would he still be an evil antichrist? Well, that was one of the things we talked about, and it was more about atonement and people wanting to make it okay from the other side, but not from who they were, but who they are now. So, I mean, we've talked a lot about different layers. Then you go to this level, you go to that level. So if someone had a very difficult time here with a certain person in their life and that person has passed, from what he was describing, he would say, you're going to connect with that so that you know who you're talking to, but then you're going to start to feel who they've become. And it's never, people don't want to have revenge or anger or resentment from the other side they want to have atonement or they want to send love and healing which i thought was very fascinating yeah i think that is very fascinating i've always thought that the evil people don't come through because they're not really you know on that same level to come through they're in a healing plane Way to i put agree it. very much so one of the things and i'm going to jump back to channeling versus trance you know, trance mediumships is about communicating. It's more laborious. There's some struggle to hold consciousness together, but you kind of submerge your consciousness as much as possible to allow them to step forward. Channeling is lighter. It's more about relaying information. The medium is more aware. It's, um, it can be directive. It can be inspirational. And channeling is better for it's, it can be more successful not necessarily better to re relay good detail and information but it's it's about being multi-dimensional with however you're doing this work and not getting so limited that oh i'm clairvoyant so i always see he said yes if you're clairvoyant but you're going to develop those other skills and become a more the more multi-dimensional you can make your readings with someone or your experience with someone on that's incarnate or discarnate, that's going to give the person that you're working with that much more healing, insight, connection, freedom, whatever you want to label it as. See, and I, I think for the working medium, that can be hard when dealing with clients. Like I did, I did two readings back to back last week. And the first reading, the woman was going through like a really contentious divorce in court, basically bankrupting themselves with attorneys. It was just a lot. No dead people came through. It was just all on, you know, her setting her boundaries and getting strong. And it was on court stuff and stuff about the judge and possibly switching attorneys. Like it was very practical daily stuff that was coming through for her. And then I call up the next lady and it was all mediumship. That's all it was. All her mm -hmm. people came through. And I hung up the phone and I just thought, what if that first woman just wanted mediumship and nobody came through? It was just all about the divorce. And what if the second lady just wanted to talk about her job, but all her family's coming through? And I always feel that sense of expectation, like what are these people wanting from me? 
Did he talk about that at all with that surrender aspect? He did. And you know how I'll usually say, what can I do for you today? And I'll ask people, did you want intuitive? Did you want tarot? Do you want mediumship? Do you want a combination of all three? He said, I used to do that. I don't do it anymore. Now I allow spirit to direct that. And the person, you will bring through what that person needs. So from his perspective and the way it was described, exactly what you did would be the way to go about it in that that woman needed or that person or that man or whoever it was you were talking about in the first scenario needed information that was practical, grounded. This is, and that was in the forefront of their energy and what spirit wanted you to talk about. The second person would come through and he said, you really, that's part of the surrender as well is allow them to direct you. And I, for me, it's easier if I ask someone, did you want intuitive? Do you want mediumship? Because I have to, I switch gears with that. It feels different to me. It's a different energy. It's a different, I work differently with the two. Does, does that make any sense? Yeah, no, it does. I, and I think you're much better at that. Like if you're doing a reading and someone says, well, I was really hoping to hear from my mom, you're really good at pulling that through. Whereas for me, if they're there, they're there. If they're not, I, I don't, I can't like call them. They don't mm-hmm. answer to me. So it's like when I do a reading, what comes through is what comes through, and, and that's, that's all there is. Another thing he brought up that really helped was he talked about never to discount how the level of surrender can be greatly influenced by the energy of the environment, the people, the collective. So he was using a group situation. So if you were doing a demonstration or a gallery and everyone is closed off, that's going to be really hard for you to get out of the way and allow the messages to come through or, or to go into a trance-like state or to be a clear channel because you're fighting against that energy on some level. Not fighting against it. Those, are, those were my words, not his. But it's not supportive. It's not encouraging. He said the difference between reading for another medium and reading for someone with their arms crossed who's trying to see if you're the real deal or not. That's why I think, you know, when I used to live near New York City, my friends and I would go in and we'd watch, I mean, like we went to the Sally Jesse Raphael show, we went to Primetime Live, we went to Regis and Kathy. And when you're sitting in the audience of those shows, they have an opener, like a comedian or something. And then they'll have like this producer personal come on and it's so annoying. I thought they'd be like, come on, everybody, clap your hands. Let me hear you. Do you want to see Regis? And I was like, oh, for the love of God, just shut up and bring the people out already. (laughs) But (laughs) once I started trying, I still don't like it. But once I tried platform mediumship, I understood why they did that. Because you have to have the audience's energy raised and up and excited and expectant and positive in order to have a good connection, whether you're doing comedy or a talk show or mediumship, not to make light of mediumship, but do you know what I mean? You've got to keep that energy up so that there's a good flow. And I think that works in everyday life, whether you're a medium or not. If you're, you know, going to a meeting at work and everyone's like, Oh, for the love of God, is it Friday? And they've got their arms crossed and this person's looking at their phone and the other one's tapping their foot it's going to be a hard meeting to get through. Whereas if you walk in with, I don't know, donuts and, uh, you know, like a happy face and you're like, hey, everybody, only two more days till Friday. Let's get this done. It's going to switch up the energy. And I think we all have a role to play in switching up that energy. Oh, without a doubt. So did you make any friends? I did. I met some incredibly nice people. And it was interesting because it was such 
a diverse demographic. There were people who have never done readings. There were people who are professional mediumship. There were people who have healing centers. There were music therapists. There were uh, psychotherapists. I mean, it was just such a wide range of people. And, you know, one lady, she, uh, she was so sweet because I was going down in the elevator. You know, that first day you're in the hotel by yourself and these people got onto the elevator and they were talking about another medium that I know in Massachusetts. They mentioned her name and she's wonderful. And I said, oh, are you going to the conference? And they said, yes. And this one lady said, well, you're traveling alone. I've done that. You know, if you want to come to lunch with us or you want to go out to dinner with us, just let us know or come by later and we'll, and they really kind of looked out and reached out a hand, which I greatly appreciate. And it's so nice. And they were incredibly nice, this group of three women. And I tried to move around and not stay stuck in one place. Because you know how you'll go to those things and you'll sit in the same place? Right. Because, oh, this is, my, this is where I belong. And I tried to move around more in the group and meet different people. You and I were sitting in the back, like, please don't see me here. I'm just going to sit in the back and observe. But I found people that resonated more with me that way. And it, it was nice. One lady... And you, I think you, you and she could have gone down the rabbit hole. The lady who was so kind on the elevator, she very, very Catholic. She runs a healing center. She does amazing work in New Bedford, Massachusetts. And she runs a healing center. She does the mediumship, but she's, she referred a lot to Vatican I and how if you go back to Vatican I, how a lot of this stuff is in the Catholic Church, which you've talked about a lot as well. Yeah. There was another lady who uses, she does astrology and mediumship. She's a, a reverend at a spiritual, she was a reverend at a spiritualist church. The third lady in the group, and I really, I uh, was, she's a, a nurse practitioner, but, and this fascinates the hell out of me. We were talking about this and she said, I can see inside people like it's an x-ray. I can see their medical stuff. And I said, you know, being blunt, why the hell aren't you doing medical mediumship? You, you know, medical intuitive. And she said, it doesn't resonate with me. I said, because you're already doing it. And, but she could like pinpoint where something was physically in someone and physically, like in clairvoyantly and physically see what that was for the person. My Reiki master teacher for Reiki one and two could do that. And you know, when I started down this road, I was very skeptical. You know, I still am. But when people would say stuff like that, I was like, uh-huh, that's, that's great. But I really didn't believe it. But then I started going to her Reiki circles and she could do it. I mean, I remember this one time we were working on a woman and giving her Reiki and the teacher said, you have um, something on your ovaries. I want you to get your ovaries checked. And the woman did. And yeah, sure enough, she had a polyp or something on her ovary. Yeah. That just fascinates me. But I think if you have, that goes back to what we said, spirit will use what you have, what your strength is, what your, so the first lady with the vet, her Catholicism is incredibly important to her. And that's going to come through with what she's doing. The second lady, the spiritualist and the astrology, and that third lady has a background in medical. So she has that, I mean, I don't have a background in medical, so I might feel something or get a twinge, but I'm not going to be able to be that specific with it. So finding out what makes you tick, whether it's in mediumship or intuitive or, you know, it doesn't matter. It's more about getting to know yourself better so that you have a stronger connection with divine. That's a really, really good point. So did you do well at all the exercises or did you struggle with some? I struggled with some, A, the surrender thing, being in a group, a big group of people. 
it's not, we, we know this, I'm, I'm a pretty private person. So I'll practice this at home and I'll get more comfortable with it. But to do it in a big group thing by the end of it, because five days is a long time yeah. to do this kind of work. I'd, I've never been to a workshop that long before. I've gone Me two neither. days, three days, five days is a lot. Wow. So by that, you start to know people, you start to feel more comfortable, uh, you get more aligned with the process of doing it. So yes, from start to finish, did I learn a lot? Yes. Did I experience a lot of different things I hadn't before? Yes. Did I see like so many different levels of, of trance and mediumship? Without a doubt. Were you recognized? Did anyone know who you were? Last day? Second to last day or the last day. We had a one-on-one -on -one activity we were supposed to do. And I like physically was nudged, you know what, go find someone different you haven't worked with. So I went to the back and met this incredible young man, like my son's age. And, you know, we were talking and he was a music therapist in, in Brooklyn, really nice guy. And we did this thing. And, and I said, Oh, we just did a show on on music therapy. And he said, Oh, you're Denise. And I was like, excuse me. And he said, you're Denise from Enlightened Empaths. I listened to the show. And he you know, was just incredibly kind about, you know, what a difference you and I have made. And he listens to psychic teachers as well. So you never know that ripple effect that you're making in the world, but it was just bizarre as hell to have someone know. Cause I, again, that is so cool. It, it was cool, but it was also kind of weird to be honest with you, but we had this amazing heart connection, not because of that, but so my point being, I was drawn to him and he said, it's so funny. He said, I, before I got here today, I, I did a meditation as please bring me the person I'm meant to work with today that I'll make a connection with. And we had this lovely exchange that was very, very heartfelt. He brought through some things that I really needed to hear. I brought through some things he needed to hear. Not someone I would automatically be drawn to because of, you know, age, demographics, all those other things. So it, it was amazing. It was a, I, I loved that, that experience with that person. And I just, love that too. That is so cool. And, you know, I've been hearing from so many men just this week, I've gotten a bunch of emails from men saying that they're listening to the show. And first of all, I'm so honored because I, I, that's one of my goals is to just make this world of empathy and intuition and spirituality more acceptable to men. But it also makes me think, holy shit, Denise, we talk a lot about girl stuff and being a mom and <laughs> we need to read that. <laughs> so we, I need to stop doing that as much. But anyway. That is so, so, so neat. I hope that you see all those people again, especially those three ladies. Do you think oh, you'll stay in touch? I will. I will stay in touch. And the, But interesting, too, is another woman, two other people had a shamanism background. So one lady, she doesn't live in Maine, but she works with a person here in Maine who does retreats for shamanism. She says, oh, my gosh, you can come. We'll do this. I know where this place is. Uh, another lady uh, out on Long Island, and she said, I'm just really drawn to work with you. We had to say who we wanted to have forward. And I almost said my mother, like they, they wanted us to, say, we had to say who we wanted to connect with to the person that was doing the trance with us. So we're the recipient, the other person going into trance. And out of my mouth, I said, no, my father. And she like literally was physically, she said, uh, she didn't know my father was a medium. She didn't know any of those things. And she said, this is, I've never felt anything like this in my life. And, and, but it was so apparent that that was who she needed to have come through her for me. 
Yeah. How, like, how come for her though? Because she could feel his energy so strongly, which validated for her that she was doing the right, that she was on the right path, that she was moving in the right direction. Like it, it was an intensity for her. She hadn't felt to that point. And I think part of it was exactly what you were just saying. My father was very much an empath, very much a medium so he's going to come through gangbusters in that kind of a situation. And she really needed that. She needed that. And she was lovely, lovely lady. I'd love to keep in touch with her as well. But that's also validating for you because that's so like your dad to just yes. be watching that and thinking, oh, this woman needs some, you know, like a pat on the back that she's doing the right thing and she's doing a good job. We went to, and, and this is for everybody listening as well, is Samantha and I and all the people that we're talking about, we, we're not doing anything that you can connect with your people in spirit too. And a good example of that is I went to the church services on Sunday, the spiritualist church services, and Tony was the person who was doing the service. And they had a song, and during the song, they, he said, you know, close your eyes and we'll sing and we'll do this. And it raised the vibration, beautiful, beautiful song. And I felt my father, this was a couple of days before this other thing happened, so strongly that I started to cry. And it, but it was like these vivid, crystal clear memories were flashing in my mind of being out on the boat with him, of all these things that were just so vivid, like looking at a photograph vivid. And after the song, and Tony was doing the service, and he said, music is a wonderful way to connect with those in spirit. And he said, I don't know. But, and he was like wiping away a tear too. And he said, the emotion involved with that, he said, learn to work with that, learn to... Uh, connect with your people in spirit through that. And so it was just, it was amazing and incredible healing for me as well. What's one of the coolest messages um, or things you experienced that week or witnessed? They had us all do the trance stuff. And then they had five people go up on the stage, on the platform, whatever you want to call it. And he led them into trance while the people in the audience, he picked them too. And I was thinking, don't pick me, don't pick me. But watching someone physically, like literally physically, my eyes were damn well wide open. Physically, their features changed, their mannerisms, their stature. You could feel that blend of someone stepping right into their energy and they became wow. that person. So this is just with people in the class. So later that day or the next day, I can't remember, Tony did a trance. He went into trance. Holy mother of God, I have never seen anything like that in my life. I literally, I literally, honest to God, watched that man's face completely change into someone else. Wow. And then he did this. I mean, it was phenomenal. And if, if you're interested in this, there are a lot of trance mediums. You can Google this. I can put some, some names of people on the show notes. And then he channeled like a hire, like a guide or, or someone. And they did some uh, physical healings. They did some. It was probably one of the most phenomenal things I've ever seen in my life with this type of work. Was he bringing through specific messages for people there or more global? Specific. Wow. One person he brought through, and his voice changed. It was, it was a very different inflection, tone, accent. Okay, an example, and I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. He said, bring forward someone who needs healing. And this, they brought up this young woman. And in trance, he was said, we need to heal that eye. We need to do this. We need to do that. And all of these things. And afterwards, I, I talked to the woman and she said, no one in this room knows that I have a cyst under my eye. And she said, after he did that, I felt it get smaller. I felt the inflammation go down. I felt drainage. He, she's, and this was the next day when I spoke to her. She said, I don't have any pain where that was. 
think, uh, but it was just phenomenal to watch because that goes back with that shamanism stuff of spiritual healing of, of psychic surgery. We've talked about that on the show before and how is this the next direction we're going to go with things of, of really working as a team with those on the other side to do healing work. That is so cool. I love that. I, I would yeah. like to witness that as well. It was literally mouth hanging open to watch this because it was so, feel blessed that I was able to see that in person. How long does it take him to get into trance? Not long at all. Not long at all. And, and you knew it wasn't a facade because that's what I think a lot of people may be listening or, or maybe because the other side of their brain lights up to saying, yeah, right, in trance, you know what you're doing. You're just making that stuff up. But when you see someone come out of it and they look bewildered and I watched him walk over to it and he said, how long was that? I, I don't. And they asked him, you know, people asked him, do you remember this? Did you hear that? No, because he's able to go into that deep of a trance where he just pretty much gets out of the way. And I got pretty deep in trance, but not anything to that level. I mean, I could feel that energy blend and that's what it is. It's a blend of, they step in, you feel the energy blending with you. You physically feel differently. Just, it's a weird, weird feeling to explain, but it's when you come out of it, it's almost um, like this lull, this energetic, it's hard to put it into words. I mean, you're not out of it. You're aware of what's going on, but you're obviously not as and it's not like being airy-fairy, ungrounded kind of a feeling. It's not that. It's just very, I'm going to have to work on my words with that one because it's hard to explain. Well, you talked about how he said this is safe and you can allow people to come near you. But I'm thinking about empaths. And as we go throughout the day, we pick up everyone else's energy. So if you're doing this work and you're feeling the grief of your partner, like you described, did he talk about tips to let that move throughout your energy and not carry it with you? Did he touch on that at all? From from the way I understood it, that goes with the surrender, is you're, you're allowing spirit to use you to help that person or people that you're interacting with. And it you don't have to own it. You don't have to. It's not coming. You know, you and I say this all the time. It's coming through us, not from us. And he's saying it's a combination between you and spirit and the person. So it's that triangle again of it's you working in tandem with spirit or with the, the, the person who wants to blend with you. And I mean, some people were able to do this with ancestors were able. To, and I asked him that I said, how do you get so if you want to go to the angelic realm, if you want to go to ancestors, if you want to connect with a, uh, someone's guides or, or, you know, hire big, how do you do that? And he said, it's all about intention. It's about Again, surrendering and letting who needs to come forward for that person. So you can't go into it with, oh, I'm going to connect with your grandmother because that's what you need. You have to be an open vessel to let what needs to come through for that person. Do you think when you do readings now that you're going to still say, do you want intuitive or mediumship or are you going to just let it be what it is? Because we do readings for people that have never had a reading and have no idea and are a little nervous to the point of someone who could be doing, they do their own readings and they just need validation that, or they just need to, to hear, have contact with, with the other side. There's that whole wide range. So I think I would be 
I think I still will for some people and for others, no. And that's one of the things he really pushed was you don't, it's not about becoming a trance medium. It's about using trance to enhance what you're already doing. And if you choose to go further with this and truly step up to do trance work, that's fine. It's another skill set to add in. Well, and it's a great skill set to learn that gift of surrender. Because I really think surrender is the answer to everything, not just intuitive spirituality. I mean, in terms of your your personal prayer life, in terms of your career, in terms of your anxiety or problems, anything that you're dealing with, I think if you can face it with an attitude of surrender, that's the way to get through rather than, you know, get over something, just to, to get through it is to surrender. And I think what happens with that energy of surrender is you are forced to kind of face your shadow side and look at the fears and, and insecurities that are blocking you. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like when I was picking my word of the year in the beginning of 2019, it really brought up some of my trust issues I have with the universe because one of the things I was like, oh, my word's going to be easy because I just want an easy year. And then I was like, no, if I surrender to easy, what does that mean? Like I'm going to break my leg and so then I have to sit in a chair for six weeks and that'll be easier for me? No, I can't, I can't do that word. And then I moved on to something else and I had other questions about it. So that's why I just settled on joy. Do you ever do that when you're thinking about surrender in your own life? Like, well, if I surrender this to God, what if he gives me or she gives me something I don't want at all? And that's a big part of what this week was about, of learning to surrender, learning to know that what is supposed to come through will come through and how it's all soul to soul. That's the whole premise of any of this work. And I think as empaths, a lot of what we're trying to step into more is connecting our soul light with someone else's soul light and feeling safe to do that. Wow. That's a great way to look at it. Our soul light. I like that. Did you take away any tips or techniques that everyone could use for connecting with people's lights? There was a, a lot of it is to step away from the, he used this, this expression a few times, step out of the humanness of things. Stop worrying about, you know, our, your, your physicality. Am I enough? Do I look? Am I he said, and really think about filling your, your soul. Fill your, come from that place of truth that is, has nothing to do with what you look like what you do for a living, where you live, where you're, and he said, when you're able to get into that soul space, when you're able to really see yourself or someone else from that perspective, that's where the healing can really start to happen. And that's, it makes sense. It really does. It really does. Well, if anyone wants to learn more about Tony Stockwell, you can, he's streaming on Amazon, Netflix. You can watch a lot of his TV shows. I think his most famous one is Psychic Detective, but he's written a lot of his, his personal book is Spirited, My Psychic Life. Um, he's also written Embracing Eternity, and he has a book called Psychic Case Files, Solving the Mysteries Behind Unsolved Cases. So he's, he has a path to mediumship. So he's got so many wonderful books and videos that you can, that you can watch or, or read. One other thing that I think is really important for all of us, and this covers the whole dynamic of it's not about being a medium, an intuitive, a heal. He said, work on your skill set. Always continue to develop your skill set, but also make sure you take time for your own spiritual development. 
It has to be even and balanced or it's not going to work. And I think that a lot of us will take the class, we'll learn the skill, we'll keep pushing, pushing, but then we don't make or take the time to work on our own spiritual development as an individual. We yeah. just learn the skills. And he was he talked quite a bit about that, how you have to have that balance. And I think that's a huge part for all of us. Yeah, and I, I think you have to really make a commitment to yourself. What I've had to do with my busyness you know, I love that quote, stop the glorification of busyness. I've had to schedule in my me time. So I'll have to schedule in like meditate or take a walk. I have to actually put it in my calendar. And sometimes when I'm really working on something, like at least once a year, I'll do like a seven week chakra thing where each week I'll work on the root chakra and then move up. I have to print out like a blank calendar and check off the days or else I'll forget. You know, because life just gets so busy. And so I think having physical reminders of, oh, this is what I'm working on this week and making yourself stick to it. It, it not only shows yourself that you're making a commitment to you, but it, it sends a really powerful message to the universe that you're ready to work on you. And that's when I think life starts to conspire in our favor. Oh, that was very well said. Thank you. <laughs> well, a special hello to the lovely young gentleman you met at the workshop. I think that's so cool, and I'm very grateful that he listens to us. And I'm so happy you guys got to connect and meet. That's, that warms my heart, as they say here in the South. <laughs> I really don't think it was about, if you're considering, oh, well, I don't want to go to a mediumship workshop. I want to learn to write or draw or or do Zumba. or It doesn't matter. It's finding like-minded people that you can just completely, and that's my favorite, favorite thing about these things is there is nothing like being able to be in a room full of people where you don't have to explain who you are or why you're wired the way you are. So if you're a poet and you get to sit in a room full of poets and you don't have to explain what your process is or why you just know how to write poetry, that's a beautiful gift to give yourself. It is. It's like a, a release. It's, it's a warm homecoming. It's a feeling of community, tribal connection. It's, it's one of the best gifts I think we can give ourselves. Especially as empaths. It's just yeah. to have that time to lower your shoulders a little bit and say, wow, I can just be me. One of our listeners sent me this awesome email this week thanking us for the show. And, and she was saying, thank you for letting me know that it's okay to be different. I'm just a different kind of normal. Oh, I love that. I know, and I told her, I said, I'm going to steal that phrase because I've always said, you know, like, yeah, if you're an empath or an intuitive or both, you, you don't feel normal. You don't feel like you fit in. And so what I did with that was I was like, well, who the hell wants to be normal? You know, like, what does that even mean? Normal is beige and boring and I, I, who wants to be normal? And I just like the way she phrased that, a different kind of normal. And that's what and we it, all are. And I think more people are stepping into their own different normal, don't you? I do. I really do. I hope so. I no, I do. I I especially see it with with the younger generations. Mm -hmm. You know, where there's just not that sense of judgment or that sense of you know, well, they they do this differently or they they say that or or anything like that. My daughter texted me from school uh, this week, and she was like, "Mom, there's a girl sitting in front of me, and she's reading a book on witchcraft." And I said, okay. Like, I was like, why are you texting me that? And, and she said, she looks so normal, though. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and I said, witches are people too, honey. <laughs> and she was like, yeah, no, I think it's cool. It's just kind of shocking. And so I think that, you know, she wasn't texting me that like, oh, there's this goth freak in my class reading this book on witchcraft. She was just curious and interested in what's happening here. And I think that's an example of this shift taking place where the younger people aren't jumping to judgment. Right. Instead, they're just shifting into questions like, hmm, what is that? That's different. That's, that's not what you normally see when the teacher says, pull out a book and read. And so I think even the newer young, young generations, I think when they come of age, they're not going to even have the questions. They're just going to go, oh, she's reading a book on witchcraft and I'm reading a book on history. And, and they're not going to even think twice about it. And that's a level of acceptance that I don't think has happened yet on the planet of just, it doesn't matter. Be who you are, accept people for who they are. I don't think we've had that as a culture and society anywhere, maybe in some, at least in, in the cultures that I've been exposed to here. I, I should put parameters on that, I guess. But just that open-hearted, just be who you are and celebrate that. Imagine if we could all just seamlessly step into that and be happy with letting our soul self be what leads the way, not our physical self. Right. And I mean, I think in some way, and there's, you know, psychologists can tell us the reasons. I think a lot of people are afraid of moving into that open heartedness. Mm -hmm. And I don't really understand what they're afraid of. But if you look at all of our messengers who have carried that message of love everyone, like Jesus or Gandhi or Martin Luther King Jr., they were all killed. Like we can't handle that message here on earth. And I I think that's shifting. I do. I do think that's shifting. I don't think it's shifting for everyone. And I think because it's shifting, that's why we're seeing some of the polarities we're seeing when we watch the news. Because yes. whenever you have a shift in collective consciousness, it, it, that's how things shift. I mean, think about if you just have a box of rocks and you're trying to balance out the box of rocks, so you're tilting the box until they're all in one line. What's going to happen as you're tilting it? Some are going to go to one side, the other is going to go to the other side, but eventually they're all going to even out. And I think that's what we're doing in the universe now is we're all tilting and shifting and you're seeing those polar opposites in the extremist. But eventually, it is going to settle down. And, and I believe love always wins. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful, beautiful message. Well, I hope you guys have enjoyed this episode of listening to Denise's trip to the Transmediumship Workshop. We will be back with you next week. And we hope that you continue to send us your lovely questions and stories because we sure do love hearing from you. And we really enjoy sharing your questions and stories with other listeners so that we can continue to foster this community feeling where we're all a different kind of normal. And that is just perfect to be a different kind of normal. If you really like our show, please tell a friend so we can continue to grow or leave us a review on iTunes. It helps people to find us. You can always email us, enlightenedempaths at gmail, or you can message us on Facebook. We are there under Enlightened Empaths. We hope you guys have a great week. As always, show up, do great work, share your light. Take care.